Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, October 18, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, there's some pretty simple stuff in front of us, notwithstanding the gap and crap formation that took place today. They basically made a morning high right out of the gate, and then they sold off for the majority of the morning session. And then they had some back and forth rodeo action all day. We're going to get to that later because there's lessons learned from the intraday activity. We're going to take a look at a few different charts. The first thing we'll do is take a look at the daily chart. Let's see what's jumping off the page. So here we have the gap that was filled. That's where they went this morning. The market was summarily rejected at the gap. However, that doesn't mean they can't go back up tomorrow. Let's take a look from a bigger picture perspective what they did. So they put in a reversal last week. They had a little pullback. And now from a symmetrical standpoint, they pretty much completed a lot of this thing. I put something out very similar using a 120-minute chart yesterday on Twitter. Here is that 120-minute chart along with the tweet from yesterday. So you had a similar or same reversal candle. The market had a pullback. And on this 120-minute chart, you could certainly make a case for market symmetry. And that was what we were explaining here, retesting into the 100-period moving average and the area of these highs over here to the left. Now let's see what happened. Here's the same 120-minute chart. Instead of a green candle, this is a red candle, but what did they do? They went up to run a test into and through the 100-period moving average and into these highs. That's exactly what we were discussing in yesterday's tweet. In addition to that, back to the daily chart, not only did they go up and fill the gap, but what happened when they gapped below or they gapped lower open on the 7th, which was the Friday Not last Friday, but a week ago last Friday. They gapped lower, which means that not only did the market come back to fill the gap, but they ran a test of a former breakdown area. You can look at the market any way you want. What I do here is I'm explaining the way in which I look at the market, the way in which I look at charts, the terminology I use, and some of it can be interchanged with other stuff, of course, but this is how I approach the markets. Let's project a little bit. Again, we have options expiration week, which weird stuff happens. And from an intraday perspective, you can make a case that some weird stuff happened. They left some unfinished business. So we'll take a look at the gap that was left open from yesterday. 366.82 was yesterday's closing print. Today's low happens to be 367.52. So we were looking for a test of that gap. We didn't get it. We had two other trades from an S&P perspective. We'll get to that later when we get to inside the numbers. Unfortunately, we missed the high of day by pennies, but we caught two really nice bounces from two important lows. Let's go over some of the possibilities that we have in front of us. So let's just say they stay in relatively close to the same range as they were in today, tomorrow. Well, then they begin eating time off the clock on the daily chart, and this could certainly promote a bullish, flaggish, slash wedgish type of pattern, 
since they broke up from the lows on the reversal. Now they run a test, not only filling the gap, but the former breakdown area. And then if there's still bullish tone in the market, they can have a pullback operation of some sort and then have another or ensuing move in the northern direction to some of the other stuff that we've talked about in the past. You have some moving averages up here. You have a 385, 386 price that we talked about before. That became off the table when they started trading down, but now that they're back up, if they get above the highs over here, for example, 379.46 is the high here, say above 380, it's going to immediately open the door for 385, 386. That's 50 to 60 extra handles. You don't know exactly which way they're going to open tomorrow. You don't know at all which way they're going to open tomorrow. If they open up, they're going to be challenging today's highs and potentially higher. If they open down, we have to think about the unfinished business at the gap left open from yesterday. What happens if they're trading below the gap that was left open yesterday? Let's take the unfinished business and a potential lower market if that were to happen one step farther, and then we have the shenanigans tail candle that appeared yesterday. It's all the way here. The price goes down to like 357 or something, and that, my friends, was not a print that occurred during yesterday's market. That's why we call it a shenanigans tail candle. However, what we do know from time to time is they will come back to revisit, if not lower, the low of that shenanigans tail candle. But we don't know when they're going to come back. So the misinterpretation that some traders make is just because it happened yesterday, they project out and say, well, tomorrow the market should be back down there. That's not the case. Case in point was the shenanigans tail candle that was significantly lower than price around December, January, January of 2022, and it took five, six months to get down to the shenanigans tail candle, if not longer. I forget exactly how long or exactly where it was, but we saw that play out over months and months and months. Now, we don't know when the shenanigans tail candle will be visited. But what we do know is there's a likely chance it will get visited. How do we know that? Because at present, this is still a bounce in a downtrend. The trend is your friend until she deletes your number from her phone. Taking a look at the hourly chart, I just wanted to point out the same thing that we just discussed. However, from this chart perspective, it just looks different. So yesterday we had the bullish flaggish thing. We talked about it last night. We called it the bull box. And if they were going to fail, they got below this low here. I believe that was below 364. That would open the door all the way down to the gap over here. Not that they have to get there, but it does or would open the door for them to get down there. So they did the thing where the bullish pattern plays out. The energy gets released in the upward direction. They go ahead and run a test of that former breakdown area a little bit higher into this area where the market consolidated for a period of time. This is also known as eating time off the clock. This is also known as the area the market broke down from. Learning opportunity. Here's the situation. This is the big breakdown candle high that they were building energy near the highs yesterday afternoon or all day yesterday building energy to get through. Okay, fair enough. So what's the high? 370.26.
by gapping above that high, that starts the market out, at least in the early going, with a bullish tone. It opens the door immediately to go fill the gap, which they did. They punched through it by a little bit. They came up a few pennies short of my short interest area, by the by, and then sold off leaving the unfinished business. But it was all about getting above this breakdown candle high. And you can see what happened later in the day while they spiked through it, came up short of the gap. That certainly is an important area among some others you'll see in a moment. Let's skip away a little bit. What are some of the numbers above? What if they keep going higher? 374.50 is the next spot. Today's prize would have been up at 377. They didn't get there, but they could have got there if they so chose in the morning. The only thing that has the rally falling apart is getting below yesterday's close at 366.81 for starters. Now, they made a threat to get there, but they didn't fill the gap. They left the unfinished business from an intraday perspective that was for now, a bullish signal. Remember, it's options expiration week where weird stuff happens, like a big tiny shakeout operation in the afternoon session. Big and tiny were said together on purpose, by the way. I believe that's called an oxymoron. So today we expect the unexpected when you least expect it. Stocks on the move were thin with the gap higher opening, the floater operation. So we're not even going to circle back to them because both that were on the board, and yep, there were only two, but neither hit their price objectives or entry targets, so they're off the board. I can show you what they were, Hasbro and Sark. All right, so let's scroll up. Let's see what happens as the morning begins to get underway. Here's what we've got at 9.15. Pay attention. Get out your sticky notes. There are trades in here. This is how we make money, or at least I attempt through everything I can do each and every day to make money for myself and for the benefit of my members, Jordan in the room, the members of the room, all the members of Inside the Number and the live room. Pay attention. Here's what we've got. 374.50 is the early pivot. Just to get a visual under our belt, right at the vertical is today's activity, 374.50, horizontal line running across the screen. That was the pivot. The bull case is above. The bear case is below. They couldn't even spend five minutes above the pivot. Here's the higher stuff, 375.65. That's where they came up short of. We'll, you'll see that again. We'll get to that later. Two things to keep in mind. It's options expiration, and they can certainly have a shakeout operation at some point. They actually had two of them, but we're not surprised when they do. We're waiting for an opportunity. Okay, fair enough. 9.17, for those looking for a short-term Counter trend, meaning short term, short trade. 375.65 was the number, give or take. You would have to be willing to add at 377 if they ran all the way up there. That essentially creates a zone. High of day, 375.45, came up 20 cents short, fell away. All right, fair enough. That was my pre-market short level. We're not out of bullets. 934, right after the opening bell. Below 374.50 is our pivot, and it opens the door for 373 and a quarter. For this particular post, I want to open up a three-minute chart and show you something. Low in this candle is 373.26. High in the next candle, just a few minutes later, 374.28. That's a 10-point rip. There were traders in the room in that trade. 942, 373.25, give or take, should be support. That was the thing I just showed you. There should be a bounce slash bull bear battle there. Below is 372.60. It 
It's not that far away, but you have to know your numbers. 946, 37326, low against 37325, give or take. If they bounce, a spike of 374 should happen at least. It did. That was your 10 handles. We're moving along. That was trade number one. Nice trade for those that took it. The rest is trader's choice. Holding a trailer is fine, but don't let it go bad. Remember, there's a teaching thing going on in here. Not only are we teaching about the numbers and the patterns and the charts, but we're also teaching the trading, the psychology, how to manage a trade, why not to let it go bad on you, how to turn it into a risk-free, emotionless trade. Worst case is a risk-free, emotionless trade. We treat this as a business back above the pivot, and they can run back to the highs and higher. They didn't do that, but you have to know. They came back down, they stopped me out, but I got 10 points on the first half of the position. The remaining half of the position gets flat at break-even. It's out. Question came up in the room, 9.55. When they get below 373.25, is 372.60 still a buy? This is specifically addressed because they already bounced the 10 handles. This one's a five-minute chart, but here's that bounce for 10 handles, and the reason why the 372.60 wasn't good anymore from a trading perspective is because they already bounced. They already gave you the trade. You don't want to be what's called a chaza. Now, some traders want that trade. They want to re-enter a trade right away. I get that. The second number worked anyway. It was a zone. They both worked independent of one another. The second one worked a whole lot more. Look at this high over here, 374.37. They attempted to get back to the pivot. We're moving along. So now as the morning starts to quiet down, the morning rush hour is over, I want to leave some numbers on the board. They're going to trade between them. They get above one. The next one is activated below another. The next one is activated as long as they stay there on candle closes, meaning time. Time is more important than price. So the longer they're above one of the important numbers, the more the door is open for them to run to the next number and vice versa on the other side. So today I just decided to give you a laundry list of numbers mid-morning. All right, let's see what else we have. Here's where we're just saying both numbers worked in the end. The majority of the morning rush is likely over. Staying above 373.25 keeps the door open for a run back to the pivot, 374.50. You saw they tried to do that. Below and back to 372.60 would be suspect for the bull case for higher prices. Now, that was at 10.09. So this is where we're saying it up here, 10.10 candle, saying if they come back to the 372.60, the bull case will be suspect at that point. What happened? It was suspect at best. Below and back to the 372.60 opens the door for 371 and lower. Now the line across the screen is at 371. The low here, 370.97. That was another trade taken in the room. A lot of members got that one inside the numbers. Yours truly got that one. That was the next spot. 15 S&P handle bounce. The high here on the SPY, 372.54. We're moving along. Here you go, 1026. They made a new low. Therefore, 371, give or take, is really the next buy area. That was your second bite at the apple this morning from an SPY perspective. From here, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. It's all in here, all the numbers, the whole schematic each and every day. If you're at all active in the market during the trading day, you need to get a tour guide with the correct numbers 
to help you navigate these markets. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes we've got what's called in the trading parlance, treacherous waters. Now we're gonna take a look around the horn and see if any of the other markets are providing clues in any which way that can be helpful to our cause. Camp IWM, not really relative weakness or strength, they were pretty much close enough within fractions of a percent of where the SPY was today. So we're gonna say it was an on par type of day across the IWM. It is my favorite market leading indicator. What did they do? They ran a test of the same stuff. They already filled the gap. They ran a test of the highs. The next thing for them is to get into the convergence of these moving averages right around and we'll split the difference and call it 180. On another bullish tone type of day or two, in the market, they can certainly get up to 180 if they're doing that. The SPY is doing the 385 type of situation. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So they retested this area of the former highs. This is the gateway to no man's land. The high here, 13104 and change. The high today, 13145. So they tried to get in there. They weren't able to close above that. That doesn't mean they will or won't tomorrow. We only are concerned with what did or did not happen today. We can only use the information that Mrs. Market, via the charts, is providing back to us. That's called chart feedback. If they can get above these former highs over here, that will open the door to no man's land and the moving averages fill the gap, yada, yada. We talked about this already. Nothing changed from that standpoint. If we have the opposite effect and they're selling them tomorrow, for example, or any other day for that matter, getting below 12.6 begins to become a problem for the bull case. Closing daily below there would be a problem for the bull case. What about the Q people? So they can't fill the gap just yet. So that's a weaker market, relative weakness. It's telling us something. They did not fill the gap. So Therefore, I'm going to read it in one of two ways. Either it's really, really weak, they're not going to fill the gap, and it's a hint, a clue, a piece of evidence that they're actually going lower first, meaning across the board, not just the cues. It's all the same market, so they're all going to trade together for the most part in the big picture, not to the same magnitude each and every day, but you're not going to find the cues trading down four bucks tomorrow while the S&P is up or the SPY is up four bucks tomorrow. That's not going to happen. The second thing by not filling the gap today is it's kind of a signal that if they're going back up to fill the gap, for example, tomorrow, maybe that's not the destination. Maybe they're just going to blow right on through. They could have filled the gap this morning, but they chose not to. There are no accidents or coincidences. All these type of signs, signals, arrangements are designed by Trick and Company, also known as the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew, their primary role, their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Case in point, we're back to the SPY, but I want to point something out. If you read the notes, the ones I didn't go over, the afternoon had a note or a post that said 372 is important. If they run up to 372 and they can start pushing above, closing candles above, you're going to end up with a floater operation primarily for the rest of the day. Maybe they go and retest the highs, maybe they don't. But if they can't get through, well, that's a different story. So what happened? They ran up to run the test, couldn't get through, and then you had the afternoon shakeout operation ensue where they pulled the rug out in the middle of the afternoon for no apparent reason whatsoever. 
I know there's going to be somebody that wants to pin it on a news event. Doesn't make any difference. Nobody could see this coming. You're not going to short 372 in the afternoon thinking that in the mid-afternoon, they're just going to drop through the floor for 15 or 20 S&P handles. Nobody's taking that trade. You can't see that coming. By the time you realize what's going on, they're going to run a test of the lows. They're already halfway home. There's nothing you can do. That's why this is a morning business because you need time to maneuver around the trade. You take a trade at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you have two hours to make it happen, or you get stuck with something overnight, and now you're scratching your head saying, what the fuck did I do that for? I'm not going to be party to that kind of stuff. We're running it as a business. We take the opportunities with time on the clock. The afternoon rodeo, if you know the numbers, and you know from Lazy E-Mini Trader and all the teachings in these videos, the three-pillar approach, and you're comfortable, you're experienced, you want to take those trades, that's fine. We have plenty of traders that do just that. The afternoon trades with limited time on the clock are trader's choice. XLF, like all the other markets, it's all the same market that came up short of the gap. They had the gap in crap. On follow-through to the upside, they're going to get into those moving averages, call it 33 for argument's sake. The actual magnetic prize would be 33.35. Write that down, put it on a sticky note if you're interested in trading or watching or analyzing the XLF. If they're trading lower, they're going to fill the gap. That's at 31.79. They start getting below the gap from an intraday perspective. Well, if they start getting below 31.50, that could be trouble for the bull case from an intraday perspective. Smash mouth from a chart perspective, relative weakness. A very meager attempt at a bounce and a downtrend. You had a one-day bounce, now you're going sideways. They try and bounce intraday, they give it up. Finish positive on the day, but still. Actually, now that I look at it, I think that's an after-hours quote. You had some earnings come out after-hours, the market's popping a little bit. I think Netflix might have been after-hours. If not, it was something else. I'm not sure. Now we're sure. There's Netflix. Closed at 241, currently trading at 272. And there's your Netflix slash tech pop operation. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.